0: This podcast brought to you by Earthlink.
1: It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And
0: I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real
1: Deal. Welcome to CNET's Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length featuring our fabulous producer, Veronica. Hello. 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 We're all very nervous because immediately after we record today's podcast, we will be interviewing our CEO, Shelby Bonnie.
0: A CNET podcast special report. That's
1: right.
2: (laughs) On a very special Buzz Out Loud.
0: Let's try to forget all that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who will it be? (laughs) <laughs> let's try to forget all that and talk about the news. Yeah,
0: let's try to forget all that and talk about Google.
1: <laughs> Google always makes us feel better, except when they routinely filter some search results to comply with the DC- DMCA that's been happening for years.
0: Actually, I think this is kind of cool this on Google kind of Smart. They were, and I had forgotten about this. This was a posting on Boing Boing. Somebody pointed out that... For years now, since about 2002, Google has been required to remove links when they receive a complaint under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. So Mm -hmm. when that happens, you actually get a response that says, in response to a complaint we received under the U.S. Digital Millennium Copyright Act, we have removed X number of results from this page. If you wish, you may read the DMCA complaint that caused the removal at ChillingEffects.org. Nice. Chilling Effects being a website that documents... The kinds the of chilling effects aggressive, of the DMCA. Uh, not just of the DMCA, well, but yeah. the, the kinds of aggressive tactics that companies take to reduce criticisms of them in the public forum. Mm-hmm.
1: That so is pretty, wow. that's actually, cool. yeah, that's actually sort of activist of them because it's like, well, go to, ch- you know, if you have a complaint, go check it out. But right, you know, we aren't going to sit here and violate the law. The
0: example they use on uh, Boing Boing is go to Google and type in Ollie hits snake. O-L-L-Y. Ollie hit snake and there spaces is spaces between those three yeah, words and, and no quotes. And no snakes on a plane.
1: And no snakes on a plane. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so Ollie then if
0: you, hits the snake. Cyphiloma? We don't know if he's on a plane or off oh. when he hit the snake. Right. Yeah. But, but it then will bring up that problem.
1: If you scroll all the way down, you'll see that that particular Yeah, no, and and actually I had forgotten too until reading this that they also removed links to that ZNU.net site because it was anti Scientology mm-hmm. and the Church of Scientology and that's all I can say. Anyway <sighs> <laughs> No one's allowed to talk about Scientology. Let's move on. Let's get um, out of session. Basically, takeaway here, it's hard work being a search engine. It is. It's hard work. It's hard work. <laughs> Working hard. But right. it's even harder when <clears throat> Verizon claims that although you are a paying member of the internet community, you're, uh, ha- you're freeloading. You're getting a free lunch on their network.
0: Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the podcast and not hear about tiered internet, Verizon goes <laughs> and says, we want an end to Google's free lunch. Yeah. All right, free folks. Lunch. Let's try to get this clear. How is this a free lunch?
1: They pay.
0: Google <laughs> has a data center, right? That data center is hooked up to the internet, and I don't know how it's hooked up, but it's hooked up in one of two ways. Either a service provider is providing them the bandwidth and Google pays them.
1: They pay. Or
0: Google is directly peering with a backbone like say Verizon And there's a peering arrangement. And the way a peering arrangement works is if Google transfer... Let's say Google and Verizon are peering. If Google were to transfer more uh, bandwidth to them than Verizon transfers from Google, then Google would pay and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Either
1: way, let's break it down. They
0: pay! They pay. And then internet service providers charge you to surf the web or get your email. So people... They're getting paid twice. Mm-hmm. What they want is to get paid three times by charging Google not only to use bandwidth and not only charging you to access Google, but then to charge Google again for your accessing of it.
1: Yes. This Cost is, that the, would eventually this is the clear
0: <sighs> situation. <sighs> yes.
1: This is, that, and that, I'm sorry, that is unequivocal. Like whatever Verizon and SBC and AT&T are out there saying in Bell South in the, in the news media, that is the unequivocal truth. They're paid on both ends. There is no free lunch. And the worst... There are no meals being served. Part The worst part of all is that Verizon, who's going around saying they want a free lunch, has recently filed documents with the FCC, which we've talked about before, that indicate that they want to use up to 80% of their own network for their own services. Namely, their television service so that they can compete with cable companies. So what they're saying... Is we want Google to pay more to help build out our infrastructure so that we can make a strong enough infrastructure to make a bajillion dollars on our own TV service, which uses our own service. How is this legal? I'm sorry. This is what I talk about, what I mean when I say that the internet should be a utility, a regulated utility. Let's, and let's, let's, you, I love,
0: love, love. This analogy. There are several great analogies in the Slashdot thread about this, uh, this story that's on the Washington Post from the Verizon executive. Or not from him, but quoting him with the free lunch quote. Ugh. So here, here's a great analogy. Let's say Google makes pies, and mm-hmm. Verizon is the natural gas provider, and Google uses natural gas ovens to bake the pies. This is like Verizon Mm, saying,
2: hey,
0: (laughs) Google's making a lot of money selling pies using our natural gas, which Google already pays for at Mm -hmm. the same rate that everyone else does. I think we should charge them more for the amount of pies that they make. (laughs) And so... Instead of charging them the same rate for the amount of gas that they use, and they use a lot more gas than everybody else, so they're already paying a lot more, you're going to charge them extra for making pies with that gas just because the pies are successful. Right. Somebody else making pies wouldn't have to
1: pay. But the corollary there, the additional analogy is that, which we didn't see on Slash that, but which Tom and I came up with recently in our office, was that, not that we share an office. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, say, Verizon provides the gas, and they want a cut of Google's pie revenue, but they also want to get into the pie-making business themselves. Right. So they want to use their own gas to make their own pies. (laughs) Gas pies. (laughs) 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 And they... Want to use a larger share of the gas that they provide to fuel their oven so that they, too, can make a bunch of money off pies. And so then their argument is that Google, by selling so many pies, should pay extra so that they can strengthen their gas infrastructure, provide more power to their own. I mean, conflict of interest, thy name is Verizon.
0: And let's carry it, let's carry it just, just for ridiculousness sake. Let's carry it a little bit further and say not only that. But there are huge pools of natural gas going unused under the country (laughs) that are not hooked up to houses yet. And Google owns a bunch of them. Yeah. So this is really stupid, Verizon. Stay out of the pie business and just charge what you charge and hope that Google doesn't go and tap into those natural gas
1: reservoirs. Because then really, truly pie in your face. (laughs) Okay. I have to say that was probably the
2: greatest (laughs) tag-teamed rant in Buzz Out Loud (laughs) history.
1: Plus it involved gas pies. What more can you ask for? You
0: can't beat gas pies <laughs> with a stick.
1: I love gas pies. Coincidentally, Congress <sighs> is at this very moment, or probably not this very moment, no, but this they're week is really doing anything. But. They've been having Senate Commerce Committee hearings on what has been referred to as net neutrality. Neutrality would be an uh, some sort of legislative act by which companies who are in the internet access business would not be allowed to to favor certain content over others, including favoring their own content over others.
0: Representative Joe Barton, Texas Republican who chairs the U.S. House of Representatives Energy <laughs> and Commerce Committee, <laughs> uh, is proposing a comprehensive overhaul of the nation's telecommunications law with an intensive focus on the explosion of the Internet. probably a gas explosion <laughs> at this point. Uh, and yes, one part of that is that network neutrality, which is very, very pertinent to the whole tiered Internet behavior. Yes. So, and it's, there's
1: a split right now in Congress. It's pretty... I mean, obviously, you've got powerful lobbyists on each side. The telcos are lobbying, Google's lobbying. We talked a week ago or so about internet companies that are sending lobbyists to Congress, right to your Congress people.
0: Yeah, because you know what? The danger here is ignorance. What yeah. Verizon and the other telcos are trying to do is make it sound like somebody is getting something for free and they're getting rooked. And people in Congress who don't understand this issue, which, frankly, it's not that easy to understand if you don't understand how the Internet works. I mean, I've learned a lot about peering and the backbones and how they work in investigating this. Right. Those congressmen aren't going to understand this, and they may be willing to just believe what the telcos say. So it's really, really Important for them to at least understand the realities of the issue, and then then they can make their decision. But but yeah. this is you know this is one of those places where the telcos can just PR their way through it and bluff their way through it, and really hurt the way the internet works, well, in and, my opinion,
1: and pay their way through it. I mean, let's be oh, realistic well, yeah. here. You know, there's like there's a campaign war chest issue too to, to consider. The thing that this points out to me is though is that the internet is still really hard. Like it's still very much a wild west mentality. Everybody's making money off it. Everybody's trying to figure out how. And these guys, I think, have come around. These big telcos have come around to to, to feeling like they own the internet. Right. And it's and well, that, they feel
0: very threatened by it at the same time. Right. You know they uh, and that that's that's I think we psychoanalyzed them right there. It's like hey, we own these pipes, but everyone else is making money, not us.
1: Right. But also, they don't really own but the pipes. They are right. Making don't they? Money. Just lease well, them? I don't
0: yeah, know. exactly.
1: Anyway, I, what I'm saying is anybody who's In the business of trying to compete with the guys who are making money on the internet has a direct conflict. That's a big concern. Internet 2. Moving on.
0: Go to Internet 2. All right. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about the Wikipedia Congress scandal in a way that may surprise you. Also, P2P gains a big victory in France and an open source iTunes competitor. Stay with us.
3: Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you.
1: Speaking of Congress and Wikipedia.
0: We we mentioned uh, earlier on another podcast about Wikipedia blocking Congress's IP addresses (laughs) while they investigated uh, what like was a th- going on? Thousand
1: entries to Wikipedia. Yeah, there over were a bunch months. of entries.
0: Some some of the ones that received the press were ones where people tried to clean up their record, changing changing the details of their voting record, or vice versa, going into uh, opponents' records and mm-hmm. and trumping up stuff that wasn't true, and trying to them make
1: dirty names. Yeah,
0: just just come some. on. But uh, Wikipedia did a fantastic job of digging in, finding what the IP addresses are. There's a great description of it from Zenny Jardin on Boing Boing about uh, how they did it and basically found out that, you know what, the majority of the posts were pretty benign. They Mm -hmm. actually helped improve the accuracy of the records. And of course, that's what Wikipedia wants you to believe. So... I mean, we're taking their word for it here, but they detailed very meticulously how they went about collecting this information, and it's kind of impressive.
1: It's really good. It's really good investigative reporting, and it's also something that Congress itself should take a look at. Like, these guys have just conducted a faster, more thorough, more efficient investigation than anything that the government's been able to accomplish and (laughs) all the things (laughs) it's been trying to investigate in the last, like, 50 years.
0: But if it's true, it is good news that it wasn't all just... Nefarious lambasting because yeah. that's the way the Wikipedia is supposed to work. It's supposed to improve over time with some variations as it goes along. Improve the accuracy.
1: Well, and Wikipedia is essentially peer reviewed, so there people are going to find. You know, if somebody calls someone else a turd or whatever they called each yeah. other, someone's going to find it and take it out. And yeah. so. There's only so much bad you can do.
0: Really interesting story on the register today about the French courts ruling that using a peer-to-peer network, providing you are doing so for personal, not commercial reasons, is legal. That you have a right to make copies of things. <laughs> and uh, this goes against most of the other court decisions in the entire world on the planet Earth uh, regarding P2P, where people have actually ruled against it, saying that it was inciting people to violate copyright. Well, but France has a whole different set of rules, so it's possible that this is the right decision there, and those others were the right decision under the laws of their respective
1: countries. I'm a little confused about this, though, because P2P... So it's not that they're saying you can use the technology, but you can use P2P networks mm-hmm. that may or may not contain copyrighted, pirated files?
0: But there, yeah, from what I can That's tell... The part that I find they're confusing. just ruling that as long as you are using a peer-to-peer network for personal reasons and you're not going out and selling things... That it's legal hmm. that The decision is, was actually made back in December According to the Register article
1: Yeah, this is very interesting he, uh, it's, Apparently it relates to a guy Who was taken to court by a, lobbyist, a lobbying group um, Which sounds similar to the RIAA here Who accused him of having 1,875 files containing copyright material And he was a Kazaa user But it says The key
0: is down here in the second to last paragraph It says the judges decided that
1: these acts Of downloading and uploading Qualified as private copying That's big. That's huge. I think that's why I've been sounding so skeptical because I just didn't think that was actually possible. Well,
0: and that's why I say it goes against (laughs) every other decision on this issue in the world. And therefore, it will be instantly overturned. Um, Well, or, you know, it may just exist in France. But remember, the French parliament is also the one trying to make P2P legal. Right. So now you've got a legal precedent for it. Again, I'm definitely no expert on how the French court or legal system works. Yeah, I have read s- Le Miserable, but I don't think that qualifies
1: <laughs> I'd be pretty skeptical that the... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Poor Jean Valjean. Um, that I would be oh, skeptical that I want that to write a modern
0: is- day version based on file <laughs> sharing. Jean Valjean, the pirate. The
1: pirate. All he wanted was a song for his uh, family. <laughs> Speaking of songs... Songbird, the open-source iTunes killer per Boing Boing. You know, I like to read the news just for the cheesy pun headlines. (laughs) (laughs) Boing Boing, Songbird, the open-source iTunes killer, flies Flies. today. And, of
0: course, uh, everywhere we've seen this story posted, it comes with the... Songbird site is overloaded right now, but here's a mirror. Oh, and that mirror's down, so here's another one. Uh, Which I think
1: goes to show that people are pretty fired up about Songbird. Which is Mm -hmm.
0: why I haven't actually tried Songbird yet. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but, the, can't. but the screenshot they show makes it look very much like iTunes. And what I want to pay particular attention to is the ability for you to go out and either download or purchase MP3s on the net and how that compares to the iTunes Music Store. Because that's what I've been waiting for right. is somebody to collate all these things like audio lunchbox that give you undrm MP3s for a price. And put them in an iTunes-like interface. So Mm -hmm. maybe this is the key. I got to try it out. And what it does,
1: they don't have their own licensing agreements, and they don't distribute their own songs. What they're saying, what it what it does is Songbird can connect to any a la carte media store. Mm -hmm. So any downloadable music, radio, video, P two P network, and classes of services that haven't been created yet is the quote from the founders. Um, So that it is not you're not buying DRM music, and you're not buying it from only one source, and you're not buying it for only one device. That's great. Which is cool, and also it sounds good. Black. Again, we looks, haven't tried it. Yeah, it sounds pretty good, but we can't get there. But we'll let you know because it's pretty sweet. Yeah, we well,
0: well, we should be able to get it by tomorrow, and then report back.
1: And this is yeah, obviously this is awesome. Got a uh, <laughs> a,
0: a cool foreign posting related to this from Andy in Tennessee. By the way, if you while you wait for Songbird's site to become available, <laughs> uh, he has a few other places where you can go and find some good music. Uh, Juice receiver. He recommends and Mm. FreeCodex.com to get a codec package that will allow you to play M4V files with Media Player. Interesting. Uh, And then he also recommends an Adobe Reader alternative at FoxitSoftware.com.
1: And also, I just like this comment, I hate having to get iTunes to get QuickTime. I know! What do those two have to do with each other?
0: Well, now with iTunes Video, they have everything to do with
1: Mm -hmm. each other. Isn't there always a way?
0: Well, you want to you be able to download the music player part of iTunes without having to download iTunes?
1: What? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, rumors today, rumors, rumors, rumors that Apple may be planning to buy Palm. Shh. This has been... No. You no, know, yeah. The return of the but, Newton. But did you know... I would aw, love the return
0: of the Newton. The, the, Newton, the new
1: it. Palm Newton. Did you, Steve Jobs killed the Newton, by the way, upon his return to Apple. he can personally um, i've taken you
0: out i can bring you back (laughs) (laughs) i give you life
1: um steve jobs apparently steve jobs did try to buy palm in the late 90s i'm sorry mad dog steve jobs did try to buy (laughs) palm in the late 90s i personally i am extremely skeptical because apple doesn't buy companies
2: yeah. You know.
0: And we should we should say this is a posting on Slashdot about a story on PC World UK mm-hmm. uh, where two Palm investors apparently have called for the company to be put up for sale. Right. That's just, so this is. Several jumps away from, actually, Apple saying, we're out to buy Palm. This is total rumor.
1: Which leads to, like, who would buy Palm? Um, It is kind of interesting, though, because their analysis is that the iPod is going to have trouble in the future if it doesn't include more features, PDA-like features and or smartphone features. So if they were to buy Palm, that would be a pretty easy platform for them to start developing from. They could sort of meld Palm features with iPod features. But you know what? Again... Apple doesn't buy things. Steve Jobs doesn't like shoving a bunch of products into a gadget. I mean, look how reluctant he was to do video. And he still, he is not committed to doing FM, even though they have, you know, the the third party adapter. So uh, to me, that's not what he would want to do. And Apple only does what he wants to do. So. Yeah, and,
0: and the other thing is iPod's so far along already in its interface, I can't imagine trying to mash it up with Palm. I mean, there are definitely things in Palm that iPod doesn't have, but mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, trying to trying to fit those two interfaces together just doesn't seem to work.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, although Palm, the trio is where it's at with them. So they've sold apparently one million phone-enabled trios, and stock has nearly doubled in value over the past year, which, though, that would just make them really expensive. This isn't going to happen. There's a uh, thread
0: on the forums. Uh, somebody started uh, calling for a prediction of when Windows Vista would come out. But uh, unfortunately, there's a way to cheat. At I least we it. think so. This is off a of dig.
1: Apparently, uh, Microsoft put up a contest website to guess the Windows Vista launch date. Now, this is the quote from the dig posting. After you submit a date, it loads a hint video. A look at the page source, the Aww, source code. come on. I know, how dumb are they? Shows that until November 30th, the video comes from an early directory. This switches over to late on December first. You can guess the rest. So, i.e., a December first release date.
0: It's just, so either they just picked a random date to put in there, and then they'll change the code later when they they. But but the thing is, even if that's the case, we just got to keep an eye on the source code because if it changes, then we know that the date changed.
1: Yeah, I, oh. <laughs> Paul, and uh, hilarious.
0: Fools. Not to mention December first as a release date for an OS just seems
1: kind of awfully
0: close to the holidays.
1: Yeah. But who who would want windows? Well, it's who would just... Wanna yeah, get? Yeah, no, I'm not, not even windows, but who'd want to get windows for Christmas You that, think they'd you know, either like do for it... Christmas Mommy, or can I have Vista for Christmas? I love that Windows Vista. I want that in a bike. Well, I'm thinking either they...
0: <laughs> Can my pony run Vista? <laughs> Either they would release it earlier so that all the computers that do get bought as gifts would have it, or they would release it afterwards. Yeah, Just, I don't know. That's it. Weird. Does seem sort weird. of
1: weird? I mean, so we'll see. Maybe it won't actually come out on. Although there is a there are a couple good points in the comments, which is that that's the that's the date on which they'll tell us that it's going to be late.
2: <laughs> ha ha. Because
0: ah. it's the directory is late. It's not real. Nice.
1: <laughs> bump.
0: Ah ha ha. Uh, flexible OLED display prototype. This was sent in by Sam on the Engadget website. Shows a thin 4-inch rollable color display.
1: Awesome. I
0: love this kind of stuff. I love electric paper. I love thin displays. You do. Displays. You talk about it a lot. he talks about it all he gets the time. really excited every yeah, time we talk about I just, it. I just can't wait for this because, yeah. it, especially with the electric paper, it doesn't have any image problems. It doesn't have any light coming at you, so it's a lot easier to read. Mm-hmm. It keeps its state without electricity. And just the idea of being able to just pull your display out, it gets rid of all of those issues. I mean, I like flat panel, but I mean, mm-hmm. a, a totally thin rollable display that you can just pull out. It just saves you so much space. That's awesome. Yeah. I Point mean,
1: 0.1 millimeter thick. Woo. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see this. I'm with Tom on the And one. color too. It is awesome.
2: So are we going to talk about uh, Web 2.0 sites of the day?
0: Oh yeah. There was just an avalanche of them coming from all sides. Yeah. It's uh, Tag
2: City around here.
0: So what was the one that you found, Veronica? Tagtastic.
2: 30 Day Tags. And this is pretty interesting. You this know, is I'm, the like,
0: most Web 2.0 of all of
2: them. I don't even know what to do with myself It's at this just point.
0: a tagging website. I'm just going
2: to start, like, sticking Post-its on my face, like, different <laughs> tags. <laughs> Tag me hungry. I You'll be able tagged. to find
0: Veronica by
1: looking for so somebody. Let, that, what,
2: okay, let, okay. For those so, of us
1: who don't know, I mean, I kind of know, but for some other people, what are tags and what does this do? What does this site do?
2: Tags is like a, quote-unquote, Web 2.0 phenomena that's basically a way to organize information or to find <laughs> things. And it's like... You know, say if you're on Flickr and you want to find pictures of puppies, you you look for tags for puppies and then all the all the pictures that have been tagged that way by the user come
1: up. Right. So, or if you're uploading photos, you want to tag it with all the relevant... Right. It's almost like providing search keywords,
2: basically. Exactly.
1: It's a fancy actually,
0: way of saying exactly keywords.
2: exactly what it is.
1: Or yeah.
0: an automatic directory mm-hmm. kind of yes. thing pulls out of... Which is keywords,
2: right? And so, a lot of times um, on, on websites, they organize tags in clusters or clouds, And um, 30 Day Tags is just a giant cluster of tags. And so users submit a link or a site or something like that to 30 Day Tags and they tag it with relevant information. And then it shows up in this giant cloud on the front page. But the, the catch here is that the tags only last for 30 days. So when your 30 days runs out, your link goes away.
0: And this and is can, to uh, discourage people like us from going and flooding it with buzz out loud tags and already have having a permanent but, uh, <laughs> having a permanent space. Actually, yeah, podcast is up there right now while we're recording. If you click on it, we're in there. I did that. Uh, there's there's hey, a look few at others. You. Gadget Show, Click Communications, uh, uh-huh. but we have five stars
2: so yeah so it, oh, um, i didn't tag it i didn't read it that i way. rated it okay <laughs> <laughs> this we'll t- is the we'll problem talk later with beta about stuff. adding
1: buzz report to video podcasts. oh yeah
2: yeah right <laughs> okay and then um so that one's kind of interesting but you mm-hmm. know it's
1: just but i like the 30-day so expiration it's, thing yeah. it's honest so really and Keeps it's fresh. just a, it's an exercise in discovery right like you would go to this you would look at, at these tags and if there were some that sounded interesting you to you like pin up <laughs> or tack or whatever, then you would click on it and there would be <laughs> things tack. that were related. <laughs> tack up.
2: Exactly. So it's just a new way of finding <laughs> information.
1: Uh, another one that I found, I can't
0: even remember where I found it. Uh, so my apologies, but track50.com is a music website that allows you to keep track of live music that you want to see. So instead of having to scour the paper all the time and right. find out who's coming, you just tell us, tell them your favorite music. I was reading it off there. You tell us your favorite music ah, and we'll notify you. Busted. They will notify you when they are playing in your area. Which so. is
2: really great. But I found one thing that's kind of annoying is that you have to manually update. Like upload all your bands that you are interested in hearing. There should be a big directory mm-hmm,
1: I think of bands. Mm-hmm. So you can see like, oh yeah them, I'd like to know when they came around. And if your band's not in there, then you could add it. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia stuff. So make or, a directory, guys. Or yeah. pull
0: it out of your last FM most frequently. Oh, oh that would be that. If you just import sweet. it right in there. Or your, huh. our iTunes playlist. You
1: guys are so 2.0. Oh,
0: we're 3.0, girl. <laughs>
1: Snap! Snap! <laughs> What now what is listable? Uh,
0: listable was sent in or I think it was actually posted on the forum on the forum by Andy I think uh, by Andy, who just knows everything yeah mm-hmm. uh, and it is another one of these sort of tagging type of things, but it looks a lot more like dig to me
2: it looks like dig, but it's really it's more specific in its use of I it's not like normal sites mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not got like CSS oriented, galleries. It's more resource or, oriented yeah resource yeah. that's the word. Mm-hmm. and so you can find like, the best Firefox extensions for power users, our full list of CSS galleries, mm-hmm. social bookmarking, all that stuff. So if you're looking for something along those lines, this is kind of the dig for that. All right, cool. Yeah, Sweet, fine uh, stuff.
0: Let's uh, go to our voicemail. I was just thinking yesterday, we haven't heard from Trip in a long time. And I they, was thinking boom, that too. He called.
3: Hey, Buzz Out Loud crew, what's happening? It's, uh, it's Trip, long lost Trip. Sorry, I've been out at sea. I've totally felt like I've been... Uh, I don't know, just just out out of everything. But I've actually got my iPod back; it's been missing, and so I'm I'm all caught up on my uh, Buzz Out Louds. and And I just wanted to call Molly. You do have listeners that are absolutely rabid football fans, like this guy right here. Especially if it's that Wolfpack, but also for the Super Bowl. And indeed, I actually had an HD signal running on a 37 inch running through the TV. As well as each running through a surround processor in a separate room, big time party, long story. But I noticed the same thing, the same problems that you had, especially in the pregame and the beginning of the game. No center channel kind of sound. You couldn't hear any voices. You couldn't, and that was on the regular TV as well as the surround um, setup. So I'm glad to hear that uh, that y'all were experiencing some troubles too, because I was catching a lot of guff from a lot of people. Who thought I had uh, said something? But uh, I was pretty sure it wasn't me because I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff. So I'm glad to glad to hear you guys again, and I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, take care and uh, congratulations, Steelers. Bye.
1: Dude, Trip is a mystery, man. What you've been out at Did sea? You hear that out he, he said he's missing? been
0: at sea. I think he might be a pirate. I think he's a pirate. I'm not talking about a music Yark. pirate. Like you
1: know what? He's a bandito. He's a bendito. Trip. <laughs> Trip. Are, are you a, a bendito? Yeah. We need to know.
0: <laughs> you you don't have we to We need to know. You know, just send us a private email. We won't we But won't also,
1: yeah, we won't tell anybody. But also, sweet. Yeah. Nope. You did it right and our guys my guys did it right at my party and and the audio engineers at the Super Bowl screwed it up. Which, guys, it's a Super Bowl. Bring your A game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Brad writes in and asks, "Would zombies run up your bill in the
0: pay-for-email charge scheme? Please. So, like, if, <laughs> if a zombie gets in, infects your computer and starts sending out tons of email, would you get charged?" Well, I thought the, this was totally a good question. Yeah, the the idea with the uh, the pay thing is that the ISPs pay each other. It's almost similar to peering in a way. Uh, and yes, it could drive up your overall like monthly fee over time, but you wouldn't get charged directly. And in fact, some think it would motivate the ISPs to help their users cut out zombies right. and things like that. That's one that of the arguments, is
1: that if they do have to pay, then they'll... Because if there's one thing the world needs, it's less zombies. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> David wants to let Veronica know that the pot for getting Windows XP to run on a Mac is $10,870. Get to work. <sighs> So I think she needs to take a vacation and get working on that. But don't quit because we love you. And the podcast just wouldn't be the same without you. If Veronica
0: goes on holiday, it's not to make an XP run on a Mac.
1: <laughs> it's to take a And nap. it would have to be a the very
2: girl needs long a holiday for me to figure out how to do that. <laughs>
0: Uh, Peter John points out that iTunes has added Showtime shows. So Weeds, Fat Actress, and Sleeper Cell are now available on Showtime. Because
2: I know I was real upset about missing those Fat Actress episodes.
0: Yeah,
1: me too.
0: And on the forums, Jason Mm -hmm. issued a correction to the billionth download on iTunes. You get a scholarship named after you. You don't actually get a scholarship. That's
1: way better. That's kind of cool. What you still get is a DRM song. <laughs> Unless you forgot.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. proper <laughs> shout out to Scott in Beijing, China. He downloads our podcast to his iPod and it's great to listen to us. He says it makes living in China easier. With a name
1: like Scott, I suspect he's not a native.
0: <laughs> and, and he has a picture on there you could see.
1: Thanks, Scott. All right. Glad we could help. 1 800
0: 616 CNET is the phone number. Email us buzz at cnet.com or hey, why don't you head over to our forums? It's fun in there. Forums.cnet.com is <laughs> hey. the address. Just look for the Buzz Out Loud lounge.
2: And don't forget to look hey, for the special uh, Shelby episode coming up Coming up as next. well. Coming up in so 10 minutes.
0: Coming to a feed near you.
1: <laughs> and it won't be all CNET chilling. Don't worry. We're, we're, we we want to ask him about the topics that we talk about on this podcast. So consider that a little bit of a tea. Alrighty, folks. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.